I'm just going to say that my father's Facebook posts make me not want to talk to him again, and I might not. So, there Pretty it is. Cool. Yeah, I don't want him to talk to my dad, but I live with him, so yeah, I have to hear him sometimes. He gets mad when he comes home and CNN is on. <laughs> uh, my, my, I haven't seen my dad in person in like three years, uh, but I was at least calling and talking to him on the phone on holidays and stuff just to say hi and stuff but uh he uh is taken to uh posting the most insane and terrible shit on facebook and i decided eh, it's not really worth the effort anymore yeah and uh also phones work two ways and if he wanted to talk to me so bad he'd call me so yeah now, it's not uh, it's not necessarily my responsibility to call him on Christmas. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you legally estranged yourself. Uh yes. By podcast law, whatever you say on the air is true. That's true. That's just I mean, if it's on the internet it has to be true, right? Yeah, and you can't edit audio or anything, so Yes. It's all true. Everything Every- you say everything you say will be left in. Uh, yes. And be legally binding in the future. Yes. Uh, I'm sure that this episode will be played in a court of law at some point. Yeah. Did you see um, that my mob stormed the Capitol? Oh, yeah. You yeah. were asking for that months ago. Yeah, I got them all ginned up and turned them <laughs> loose. They, just, they climbed the walls. They smeared shit on everything. Um, and, you know, they brought me gifts back. um and now i'm not in any legal trouble anymore excellent yeah it all worked out nicely excellent we've uh we've really made a change in this world yeah (laughs) i've changed the nation for the better (laughs) uh well it it just goes to show you you know if uh you have a dedicated enough audience they'll do anything for you right um said they didn't get to hang mike pence because i did tell them to do that and they never (laughs) and they didn't do it well you know we can't all have everything that we want yeah they tried i mean they were they probably shouldn't have been yelling it (laughs) Um, but i don't know maybe they were just like there was just so much going on they had to like focus themselves with a good chant uh yes (laughs) well uh well with that (laughs) thoroughly uh set in stone uh Welcome once again to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. Hello. And uh, we're here to talk about classic pornography again while also uh, letting out our political grumblings, as is tradition. Yeah, got a lot of beef. Um, You know, with the way the world is now, by the time this episode airs, uh, things like a violent mob storming the Capitol might not even be on anybody's mind. Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> this is coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what'll... The next, I, like, two weeks or yeah, whatever. I don't try to predict anything. I just react to the stuff that happened. Right. It, that but I it, set into motion, also. <laughs> but it always sounds like we're, like, way behind on our news whenever we talk about anything topical. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We need to... 
We just gotta start recording like the day before. Yeah. And you just rapid edit it. Ah, that sounds terrible. We need to get Tyler to start editing. He got a new computer. Oh yeah, let's put him on it. He had me send him a bunch of uh, the Carlo videos that we made. Yeah. That last thing that we never edited together. Yeah. I sent it to him. Yeah, I don't really know. Like, I feel like I don't know what it will look like edited together. Maybe he'll turn up with something in a little bit. Maybe. I also never got a response to like from him after I said I was going to send it to him and like I shared it on my Google Drive and he should have gotten an email, but I never like followed up with him to make sure he got it. So maybe he didn't. Maybe we shouldn't have him edit the show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. He's been talking about wanting to help out and that he could do that and yeah. that would be great. Yeah, we could we have a third chair. He could just sit there in the producer's chair and edit it as we talk. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, live editing. Yeah, or live. <laughs> <laughs> He's just cutting shit in and out and just dropping it in somewhere else. Right. It's a, it's a goddamn mess. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. We'll uh one night we'll do a live show and we'll just let uh him go wild. Yeah. I mean we could always like just record the episode and upload it as is, but it's really a nightmare if you listen to the raw versions of these episodes oh yeah there's just like so many long pauses and like mm -hmm. even like occasionally you'll go to the bathroom and i'll cut that out but like there's also us just getting to a point where we have so much alcohol in our systems that like we just trail off all talking oh, yeah. and then pause for 30 seconds speaking of we don't have any right now yeah that's uh definitely against our religion yeah. The teacher uh, is upset, probably, now that I think about it. We yes. weren't prepped. There was some blasphemy against the teacher in this film that we will talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What film are we talking about? Uh, well, today we're talking about The Young Like It Hot, a film by the great Bob Chin, one of his comedies, mm -hmm. starring the wonderful Hayapesha Lee as the call center supervisor at the phone company. Yes. Uh, with uh, appearances from such great actresses as uh, Shauna Grant. Yeah, we got uh, Kay Parker. Kay Parker, of course. We've got uh, Rosalie Kimball. Uh, yes. There too. Um, uh, oh we, my God, Sh Linda Shaw. Linda Shaw, that's Linda right. Linda Shaw is back. Um, we also have some male talent in the form of Herschel Savage. Yep. It's a pretty... Uh, it's good. I like that's one of the things I like about Bob Chin's comedies is he gets a pretty good like ensemble cast. Um, yeah. Like this and in Pizza Girls, there's always just like a lot of different characters doing goofy stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, so, we've also yeah. got Eric Edwards and Joey Silvera. Oh yeah. And uh, Bill Marigold. Oh yeah, he's there big too. Dick. Yeah, big dick. Uh, so quite a lineup here this is actually the first film that we've covered with hyapatia lee somehow it says introducing on the in the credits uh yes i don't know if that's accurate this is this came out in the first year of her releases so it's possible the interview with bob chin kind of makes it sound like maybe sweet young foxes was filmed before this sure it seems like yeah they filmed them, uh, i guess back to back yeah yeah so, you know, but it's it's definitely early in her career. I believe she was famous for being like Miss Nude USA. I could see that. Um, and I feel like probably a lot of these women got introduced, you know, about like six or seven times. 
because I feel like there have been numerous films at this point where it'll say introducing someone who was definitely in something maybe like a year, two years earlier. Yeah, for sure. It's a good marketing gimmick, I guess, especially if someone hasn't heard of someone who doesn't have like a huge name recognition. Uh, yeah. Like you couldn't introduce, uh, I was trying to think of a lady, but all I could think of was Harry Reams. Like you couldn't introduce Harry Reams in like 1975. Right. <laughs> She won the Miss Nude Galaxy Contest in Roselawn, Indiana in 1979, and then again in 1981. Isn't Indiana the Nude Galaxy? Like, everyone from the galaxy, like in Star Wars and, like, the Critters and all that, they all come together in Indiana and get naked? Uh, yes. And Hyapatia Lee won? Uh, yes. Good for her. All the multi- morphous life forms that exist in the galaxy i'm glad that humans can still win out so this is now known as nudes a poppin uh and still takes place in uh indiana in roselawn indiana we might need to go yeah i was gonna say we should probably go to nudes a poppin uh yeah it's uh the next event is supposed to take place in july of 2021 so we'll see what the world's like then yeah uh, cause it might just be a cesspool of disease, which wouldn't be that atypical for Indiana, but probably more so than usual now. Roselawn, how far away is this? <laughs> like 4,000 people that live there. Yeah, and they all come to nudes a poppin'. <laughs> it's way up on the other side of Indiana. Oh, yeah. And maybe we can, like, let's go hang out in Chicago and then just drive down like an hour to Roselawn for the nudes of poppin we can do a, a road trip episode yeah we can interview people at nudes of poppin like, what are you here for today what, what brings you out we'll get um little fedoras and put press cards in them yeah and that's all we'll wear yeah we'll have <laughs> raincoats oh yeah that makes sense yeah we can't forget that yeah don't forget your raincoat jeremy all right episode's over let's go <laughs> He said the thing. Uh, shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is about uh, the ladies and uh, at least one gentleman who work in customer service in a phone repair call center. Yes. Uh, trying to help their customers with more than just phone issues. This has a special place in my heart because uh, I have a history working in customer ser- service in a phone repair call center. And I also have experience working as a supervisor in a phone repair group in a call center. So I was the Hyapatia Lee of Louisville at one point. Wow. <laughs> Did you have, a, have you ever had a day that was as busy as hers? No, no. I, uh, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, the Young Like It Hot. It's uh, quite a hot situation. It is a hot situation. Um, yes. Uh, is there anything Quite you want to add about the Young Like It Hot before we do our deep dish deep dive? Young Like It Hot. Was that a play on something? Um, I don't know. Maybe some like it hot? Who? Um, I don't know. Is that a Marilyn Monroe movie? It's a Marilyn Manson movie. Oh, yeah. No, that's not right. Oh, uh, yeah, something like it hot. 
Yeah, it was, uh, it was a Billy Wilder movie with Marilyn Monroe and Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. I know those guys. I know, I know Jack Lemmon. Yeah. I used to go to his parties. Oh, yeah, his lemon parties? Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and cut this. We need to make drinks anyway, or else we're not going to be able to do this episode well at all. Yeah, we can't do this sober. Yeah, it's already been a struggle. Yeah, we've uh, got to get the right levels. we got to adjust the levels. Uh, yeah, the levels of our blood alcohol content. Van Hagar, indeed. Okay, Jeremy just walked off. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, send us to a break, and we'll be back to talk about the young like it hot. Operator assistance, may I help you? Yeah, I bet you got a nice hot pussy. Just wait. Sir, your number's now being Trey. You bet I got a hot pussy. What's your name, honey? Dick. Big Dick. Well, I'm sure that name fits you fine. Bet you got that big dick just waiting for me right now. You betcha, bitch. I'm gonna fuck you real good. When I'm done with you, you won't be able to walk for two weeks. Your cunt's gonna be so hot and wet, you won't be able to take it. Ooh, boy. That's a... Uh... That's a stiff little rum and, or, uh, bourbon and coke. It's so stiff, I don't even know what it is. It's a spicy meatball. It's a spicy meatball indeed. But is it as spicy or as hot as the young like it hot? I don't think so. No, probably not. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the young like it hot. The Young Like It Hot opens with us getting a uh, view of the Ocean Valley Telephone Company. Where uh, the uh, hot ladies of the Young Like It Hot work. Yes. We hear some phones ringing and nobody's answering them because of the sounds of sex in the background. Uh, Here we have Herschel Savage as uh, one of the phone repair guys, uh, Bill. Uh, He's having sex with, is it Stephanie? She's the... Yes. Linda Shaw? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure her name's Stephanie. Yes. So yeah, uh, Herschel Savage's bill is banging Linda Shaw as Stephanie yes. on That's... the desk as uh, the ladies of the Ocean Valley Telephone Company start to arrive to work, uh, pulling up in the parking lot. We get our credits here and the Young Like It Hot theme song. Yeah. Uh, as is tradition in Bob Chin comedies, we have a wonderful uh, theme song with lyrics that by now you've heard, I'm sure, sampled on the podcast, and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's a good song. I like it. It's got uh, the distance. No, assistance. If you need assistance, if you need assistance, if you need assistance, the end, like it hot. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> We see Hyapatia Lee show up, the supervisor in the call center. Her role as uh, Lonnie? Yes. Lonnie. Yes. yes. Good old Lonnie. Uh, she shows up and she answers a phone that's just ringing after asking herself, where's Stephanie? Because she's supposed to be there answering the phone and not getting railed by Herschel Savage. Well, I'm glad we're actually finally seeing Herschel Savage um, be more proactive. Uh, yeah, he's not getting cucked in this film, so yeah. good for him. Yeah, it helps. Uh. 
I will say, though, going back to my experience working as a supervisor in the call center, uh, if one of my teammates was, uh, or my team members was getting railed by some guy instead of answering the phone, and I had to answer the phone because of that, I would be furious. <laughs> Fired uh, men for less. Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> you fired that one guy because he kept shedding. Uh, <laughs> that's not totally true. <laughs> there was a guy on my team who kept shedding, but uh, I didn't fire him. He eventually quit, I think. but Or maybe he got fired by somebody else, but I didn't fire him. I did fire some guy who died the next year, and I oh, felt yeah. bad about it. Oops. <laughs> when Lonnie answers the phone... Uh, on the other end, it's Big Dick speaking. Uh, he's talking nasty. He says, how'd you like me to eat your pussy? And she responds, at 7 a.m. Uh, that being our comedic line of the moment. Yes. Um, <laughs> we see Bill and Stephanie finish fucking. He comes uh, as she finishes him off with her hands and she licks it up. Uh, moments later, we see... Mr. Fishbait show up, played by Eric Edwards. Uh, he shows up in a suit and then walks into his office, and that was where Bill and Stephanie had been boning, on his desk. What? Um, Stephanie sneaks out behind the door, unseen by uh, Mr. Fishbait. Bill says that he was looking for something and leaves. It's at that point that Mr. Fishbait notes that there's a strange smell in the room. Yeah. Then he sits down in his chair and stands up, asking why his chair is wet. And then he looks on his desk and says, why is there cum on my stapler? (laughs) (laughs) So it's at this point that we get introduced to the uh, general conceit of the film. The girls of the Ocean Valley Telephone Company are talking to each other. And they're chatting about how the computers are coming to replace them. Yes. Um, This is back in the 80s where the concern was the computers replacing people and not about the Mexicans replacing people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they thought at the time the computers were going to do the work, but Mexicans turned out to be better workers than computers even. Uh, Apparently, yes. Yeah. Lonnie shows up to talk to them about this and try to uh, speak to their concerns. They compliment her as being the best supervisor in the business, but she kind of starts by acknowledging that, yeah, the company is seriously considering the computer idea, but she says confidently that the computers couldn't really do their job. So her idea is to give the best customer service experience possible, which is something that I always asked of my employees. Okay. And she's going to have them encourage their customers to write a letter or call the company to show their appreciation, which is something I never had my team do, but we also weren't about to get replaced by computers. So no. It was uh, different stakes they're operating <laughs> under. Uh, she says that if they get enough feedback, certainly the company would have to keep them. So uh, we see the girls report to their desks and start taking phone calls. The first customer to call in is uh, Joey Silvera, who plays the part of Jeff. Uh, Jeff is trying to get various uh, home improvement projects done and uh, needs to talk to professionals, but 
the ladies of the Ocean Valley Telephone Company, uh, I think particularly in this case, uh, Shauna Grant's character, Cindy, uh-huh. Uh, keeps fielding his calls and uh, giving him advice rather than forwarding him on to the proper professionals. <laughs> uh, in this first scene, he calls in wanting help with instructions uh, on uh, constructing a wall frame. Uh, he's building it, and he says that the instructions talk about braces, uh, but Cindy says she remembers feeling better when she had her braces removed, so she suggests maybe he should remove the braces. So he knocks free the braces on his uh, wall frame, and it collapses. <laughs> yeah. Um, he really should have, like, insisted that she put him through to a professional. Uh, are they also, like, uh, switchboard operators? It's just like a phone company, like a, right? It's really hard to say at this point. Um, you know, in, in, in my world, it was only repairing the phone service. And yeah. We were really uh, insistent on our people not giving people advice about things they have no idea about. Sure. And not to spend company time troubleshooting issues that aren't company related. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're again, they're playing at different stakes here. Yeah. They're just trying to do everything they can to make their customers happy. Sure. One of those customers, again, is Big Dick, played by Bill Marigold. Uh-huh. Who calls in jacking off. She's talking to Nancy. Uh, and he talks about fucking her mouth and sucking her ass and yep. everything else. Yep, yep. Nancy is talking to him. And as she's doing that, one of the phone repair guys is under the desk apparently rewiring something or something. Down there hooking up cables. Uh, but uh, he hears uh, Nancy talking to this gentleman. And uh, he comes over and starts going down on Nancy uh, as she talks to Big Dick. Yeah. So, as this is going on, uh, Lonnie walks into Mr. Fishbait's office. He's her boss and the boss of the company, at least uh, on site. He's the head guy. Yeah. He's the manager. Uh, He notes that he has a problem with dampness in his chair. And uh, Lonnie says that she'll check the humidifier. He then talks to her a bit about this whole computer situation, saying that the board uh, thinks that the change to computers is inevitable. Lonnie stands her ground for her team, saying that humans give a more personal touch, and uh, he says that he can speak on her behalf, but he could use more personal attention himself. And says that perhaps if they worked closer, he might be better able to argue on their behalf. This is some top creepo shit going on here. Yeah. But uh, Lonnie seems smiling and into it, so I guess it's okay. (laughs) But uh, generally speaking, this is the sort of thing that, at least in uh, my phone repair position, they tried to discourage and said was bad. Oh, sexual harassment? Uh, yes. Oh. That's the word. Well, you weren't like the boss boss, so... I wasn't. I was... But I was, you know... I was never propositioned by any of my bosses. That's good. I was not put in Lonnie's position. No. I mean, Lonnie seems into it, so that's good. But, uh, you know, if you strip away the context of this, this is all bad. Yeah. Um, I think in the earlier scene where they introduced Lonnie, I'm pretty sure the, uh, david just hits on her too so, uh, just accepted company policy uh during the reagan era 
Yeah, that's true. You know, women were in the workplace and they were equal, but they were also sex objects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's got... Reaganomics. You always get fucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is. Good job. You tied it all together. Nancy's still talking to Big Dick as Big Dick's jacking off, but uh, the repair guy who was under the desk is nailing her. When, when I was looking at this and this, like, he's under this desk hub where there's several people sitting around the area. It kind of makes me think of when you go to a clothing store, how they have those round clothing things. Yeah. And kids would just kind of hide in the middle of those. Yeah, I remember going in. Yeah, that was fun. Every once in a while, you'll just randomly be at a store and a kid will jump out. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> uh, thankfully, nobody's ever tried to come out and have sex with me, so... I've got that going for me. Not even as a kid? Not even as a kid. That's good. (laughs) Bill's yelling some good stuff. He's hollering about every cent on the dime at the top of his lungs. uh, Yes. Yes. Uh, Say a note. He apparently, I watched the interview um, that's with, I guess, the the DVD or Blu-ray. The interview, I think, was, I think it was on both. Okay. I know it's at least on the DVD for sure. Okay. He seemed to really enjoy playing this role. And, yes. Uh, he says that like a couple months like after shooting this, uh, he ran into a uh, Rosalie Kimball who plays Nancy again. Yeah. And she like I guess hadn't seen him, but had like been like getting yelled at by like the recording of him. Right. And she was like, "That really scared me." But then she's <laughs> like, "Oh, you're just a nice guy." Um, his interview, I think, about it is worth watching because. Uh, because he told the lady he was with at the time that he'd be back before uh, whatever his Hill Street Blues, before Hill Street oh, yeah. Blues came on, because that was his favorite show. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, he just has a lot of good stories. He's one of those guys that you could really tell just loved his job. Right. Uh, and he he seems like he's, you know, at least uh, amongst the sleazy people, he seems like a, a fairly, if nothing else, straightforward guy. Yeah, he's open about it, and he also apparently refused uh, high Apatia's fluffing duties when he was jerking off. Yeah, he was like, he he was basically like, she shouldn't have to deal with this, and I yeah. can jack off all yeah, I want. I can know? just jack off whenever. Uh, he talks about they called him in to record more of the audio because they liked it. Right. He was in like this recording studio, and apparently just masturbating there as well yeah he he felt like he couldn't give the right performance unless he was actually jacking off while he was doing it and he is like he's like the second cum shot which you didn't get to see was even bigger (laughs) like great um and i he probably didn't uh i don't think he wiped up his own loads uh yeah i feel like uh when you're (laughs) when you're a star like bill marigold uh you have somebody else wipe up your loads for you what a life that must be I wonder how many times that recording studio they have to wipe up loads. I imagine it's probably not often. No, just when Bill's in doing his ADR. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had a load slave that would just wipe them away. (laughs) I like the idea of you having to explain to your mom that your load slave has moved in and with you. (laughs) Just this person that, like, lives under the bed. I like the idea that they just kind of scamper out and clean up your loads and then scamper back under the bed. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah. 
I pay them. I pay <laughs> loads. Them. I pay them to do that. They get some money, but yeah, they also get the loads. <laughs> really, it's win-win. Yeah, for me. And, <laughs> and them. That's how win-win works. So, uh, Mr. Fishbait and Lonnie, fuck. She blows him. He goes down on her. Nancy's still talking to Big Dick, and she asks if he's ready to come, and he does come. And at the same time, the IT guy, or the uh, repair guy who's nailing Nancy, uh, who's Tom, by the way, uh, he also comes. Nancy tells Big Dick to call back whenever and uh, asks if he can let Mr. Fishbait know if he was satisfied. Mr. Fishbait finishes fucking Lonnie doggy style and comes on her ass and... Uh, Eric Edwards' tan lines are insane. Oh, yes, for yes, sure. they are like those like really bad like tanning bed lines, I guess, where he's got like that like white super pale flesh just like in the speedo area oh yeah yeah and the rest of him is brown <laughs> of some sort so after mr fishbait finishes his phone rings and he answers it he uh tells lonnie that it was uh mr big richard who had called to compliment his operators yes uh what do you think about mr fishbait sitting naked in the chair he complained was damp uh i don't know i guess his butt's damp now yeah Everything's very wet. Uh, but this is the second time that sex has been had in this office, and what I would imagine is like a half an hour. Yeah. Uh, certainly in uh, film time, it was less than a half an hour, but I, I would also imagine if we were to assume real-world time was happening, because uh, uh, Lonnie seemed to go in there pretty quickly, and I think that this uh, this was Nancy's first call of the day with uh, Mr. Big Richard. I believe so. Mr. Fishbait talks to Lonnie a bit more and says that the company did a study for two years saying that the computers would be more cost-effective. And then Mr. Fishbait notes that he smells that smell again that uh, he had noted when he first walked in his office, which is amusing, of course, since I guess the smell is sex. Sexy smell that he smells. So we see Cheryl, played by Kay Parker, talking to all of the repair guys i guess over a radio she's telling the repair guys the phone guys out in the field that uh, repair calls take priority over installs uh jim one of the repair guys who also happens to be mr fishbait's brother asks if uh, he can see her on lunch and she tells him that this isn't a personal call but we then see her whisper to lonnie she's coming up with a plan here it isn't really revealed until the end of the movie. There's a couple whispered plans. There are, yes. Very devious place to work. Indeed. Jeff calls in again, again, uh, Joey Silvera's character. He's doing electrical wiring and says that he needs to talk to an electrician. But uh, he's talking once again to uh, Cindy on the phone. Yes. Shauna Grant's character. She offers to help, saying that her old boyfriend said that she could really light up a room. <laughs> so he explains he's trying to figure out what color wire to connect to what. And she gives a rambling answer about what colors she likes and yeah, finally suggests yellow. Just her lecture on color theory. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he chooses the yellow wire and shocks himself. Yes. 
he kind of deserves to die. <laughs> it seems like he should not have called back. Uh, yeah, this is a real survival of the fittest situation. He's, Darwinism at work. Yeah, he's definitely not the fittest. <laughs> so uh, the next call is Cheryl. Uh, she gets a call from Al, played by Paul Thomas. Yep. Uh, who's there with his wife, Linda. Yeah, played by Lori Smith. Yes. I don't know much about her. I don't know if she's in a whole lot. She's a name that I don't recognize, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's fair. She might have small roles in things that I've seen. Yeah. Or she might be in a lot of stuff and I just haven't seen it. It's interesting to be a bit player in, like, pornography. Yes. But I kind of like it. It's like a sub-career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. So, the problem here is uh, Al has a sexual problem, and unlike with uh, Jeff, who was trying to get routed to somebody else for help, I guess Al just decided he should call the phone company for help with this. Um, as a supervisor in phone repair, I've never listened to a call that went like this at all. Oh. No. Not once? Not once. Yeah. I've heard some pretty crazy things that customers have said, but nobody's explicitly called in for sexual help that I've heard. But um, they would call and be like, why is my Spice Channel scrambled? Uh, yes. Yeah. I want that Playboy back. Uh, so here's one fun thing. Uh, working at that uh, communications company, one of my jobs was... Uh, was uh, being the lead of a team that did callbacks to customers who got shut off for sharing copyrighted material on the internet through torrent files. Sure. Uh, so members of my team would have to call somebody and be like, hey, we got a notification from HBO that you were sharing Game of Thrones episode whatever. Uh, that's why we shut you off. We want to let you know that, you know, that's illegal and blah, 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 and we can turn you back on. But basically, our guys had to talk to the customer before they could turn them back on. Yeah. But one of the things that would happen a lot is uh, they would get uh, flagged for copyright sharing stuff that was uh, pornography. Mm -hmm. So one of the fun things was just sitting at my desk and hearing one of my uh, agents say to a customer, uh, you were sharing a file with a uh, explicit file name. And then the customer would ask, well, what was that file name? And then I would hear my agent say something to the effect of, railed by Big Black Cock 69 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, that was fun. That's beautiful. Just listening to people say uh, ghastly things in the workplace. That's weird. Is that like, uh, did you like catch like a lot of people doing that? or It was like, like uh, Game of Thrones seemed to be like the number one thing that, sure. that people were shut off. That or other like HBO shows. They right. seemed particularly litigious. But I would say that like second or third place, like most common stuff. It was like Vivid Video was, yeah. and Evil Angel. Yeah, those like, uh, porn companies shutting people or making reports of stuff. Like Rocco Safridi would call your office and be like, I want to just shut down now. <laughs> uh, probably some <laughs> some lawyer who worked for Rocco Safridi, but I like the idea of him himself doing it. Yeah, he calls you in while he's just railing some like 18-year-old in the ass <laughs> and like... 
screaming like between like being like listen we need to get these users off he's also just like screaming obscenities at her <laughs> oh you like an ass yeah yeah <laughs> he's italian german i don't know where he's from is he swiss i think he's italian his name's rocco safridi so i'm gonna say italian that old grease lit <laughs> that was a slur i came up with for italians so uh to go back to topic here <laughs> Uh, to not get too distracted by coming up with new racial slurs. Um, well, Al called in, and he, him with his wife, Linda, have a sexual problem. Uh, the problem is that Linda likes to suck his cock, but Al really wants her to deep-throat it, but when she tries, she gags and has to stop. Thankfully, they're talking to Kay Parker, or Cheryl, and she knows exactly how to coach them through it. And she always deep throats her man. Yeah, that's important. That's what she says. Uh, deep throating is a very important skill, I think. Sure, yes. And, uh, you know, if you're working with Dick in uh, your sexual life, you should learn to deep throat it. Yeah. Man or woman. Take, a, take some lessons. Yeah, take some lessons from Kay Parker here. Watch this movie and follow Kay Parker's instructions. She'll get you through it. So, uh, as this is going on, Al says a few wonderful lines, including, Harry Reams, eat your heart out. Which I consider blasphemous. Uh, yes, it is a blasphemy against the teacher. Yeah, he's a heretic. <laughs> um, let's, is he still alive? Let's go. Paul Thomas, I think he recently died. Well, let's go stone his grave. <laughs> Uh, after a bit, and when Linda gets going, he says, Hallelujah, you're doing it. And then, Lovelace ain't got nothing on you, honey. <laughs> so again, multiple deep throat references. But, I mean, I guess if you're talking about deep throating, that's the thing to reference. Well, yeah, that's true. Even to this day. But especially, yeah. you know, ten years after. Yeah. Linda finishes him off with her hands, and he comes... They thank Cheryl, and Cheryl lets them know to let their company know uh, about the good job that she did. So, Marie is confiding in Lonnie. Marie is worried about losing her job, and she's having, like, family problems and stuff. Yeah, um, she has, like, real serious problems. Right? <laughs> she says that she's jealous of Lonnie and the other girls, uh, she says that they're experienced with men and sure of themselves, but she says that she's never been with a man. She doesn't want to be with guys. She doesn't really trust them, but she says she admires Lonnie and feels like she's in love with her. Marie then confides that she's never did it with a girl either, uh, but eventually she and Lonnie go for it and cuddle and make out. Meanwhile, Mr. Fishbait is talking to David, the single male customer service rep in this company. Yeah. Uh, uh, played by Bud Lee. Yeah. Was apparently, was he, Bud a, Lee? Yeah, was, he okay, a, yeah. was he a star? So, sort of. Uh, he's been in several things. Yeah. I don't know that he's been in anything we've talked about, but he, uh, well, one of the big things is he was married to Hyapatia Lee. Yeah, I remember, I think, uh, from that Bob Chen interview. So there are a lot of Hyapatia Lee movies that he is in. He also directed a bunch. Mm -hmm. uh, he directed the Ribald Tales of Canterbury. Oh, okay. 
uh, which we haven't watched yet, but we should soon. It's got John Holmes, right? I don't. No, maybe I'm thinking of something. Think I think so. I'm thinking of uh, some other Middle Ages bullshit. Anyway. He was in the uh, the erotic adventures of Casanova, or yes, whatever that's called. That's, I think it's erotic adventures. Yeah, that sounds right. Don't think he was in that, but I don't recall for sure. It's been a while since I'm I've seen it. Pretty sure I just got him mixed up. Okay, don't worry too much. But uh, David is talking to Mister Fishbait, and Mister Fishbait's telling some like penguin joke. Yeah. Uh, and they, David and Mr. Fishbait are in this hallway for a while in movie time, it seems. Yeah. Uh, just fucking off. Yeah. David's doing a lot less work than the ladies are, although he does come in handy later. Sure. We see Cheryl in the break room by the coffee machine talking to Jim, the repair guy she was talking with over the radio earlier. Jim talks about how beautiful Cheryl is and... He says that he meets lots of beautiful women in his line of work, but she's special. He asks her, how'd you like to accept a rendezvous with this pole climber's pole? Uh, We see Cheryl and Jim sneak past Mr. Fishbait and David, who are still talking in the hallway. Yeah, is he like showing him uh, like Polaroids at this point? Yes, I think so. Of what? He kind of, I feel like they're talking, but it's so soft you can't really hear but there's a scene later that gives me some maybe a clue to what he's showing him. Yes, we'll get to that. Yeah. I don't uh, remember. We'll, no, we'll find I, it. I just assume they're just like naked photos of Hyapatia Lee that he's <laughs> taken. Like just of all the women in the office. Oh yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, because he's just like, it's my company. I do whatever I want. Uh, here. <laughs> uh, I used to read um, a lot of Ann Landers, the the uh, advice columnist. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember there being like a couple little like uh, letters or segments where they would be like, my boss keeps showing me photos of him receiving oral sex. <laughs> oh, and, God. And I was like, Jesus. I was like, I can't even imagine like that kind of workplace where that would happen to me. I think that, well, first off, not that this c- couldn't happen to a guy because it definitely yeah, can. Yeah, it does. But I think, yeah, probably more to women. Yeah, that's something that we as guys have a bit of uh, extra privilege there in the sense that we're at least less likely to be sexually harassed. Uh, Granted, when it does happen, it seems like there's a lot of stigma around that with guys, but uh, it's definitely less likely, so we've got that going for us. Uh, I've never had one of my bosses try to show me their dick. I feel like if they... Even in picture form. Yeah. I feel like if they did, I would just be like, all right, that's cool. And then I would just try to go back to work and (laughs) never think about it again. Yeah. Or just be over here being like, hey, yo, let me tell you about the time my boss showed me his dick. (laughs) I can turn it into like something to laugh about. (laughs) (laughs) So Jim tries to nail Cheryl in the bathroom, but uh, Cheryl said that she wanted it to be special. But uh, Cheryl wants other stuff, too, and says that she knows how he can get what he wants and she can get what she wants, uh, which we're not led in to what it is just yet. No, it's another whispered plan. So we see Nancy talking to the repair guy that uh, fucked her earlier, Tom, I think it was, over the radio this time. Yeah, Tom, my corner. She dispatches him out to a job, noting that he did so well with her earlier, she thinks he's the guy for this particular job. 
We then see Lonnie hand Cheryl an envelope that she then hands to Jim, who sneaks off. So they're up to some plan. We cut to David finally doing his goddamn job and taking a phone call. Uh, A woman calls in saying that she needs help. She says she's not going to make it. She thinks she needs to talk to a shrink and says she's on the edge. But David takes it upon himself to say... You don't need to talk to a shrink. Let me try to help you. (laughs) Her name's Carla, and she can't seem to reach orgasm. He asks her to tell him about herself. He asks her if she's ever rubbed herself to find out how she likes to be touched, and she says she was told women who did that were up to no good. Yes. So he talks her through undressing and... uh, masturbating more or less yeah Uh, and of course he begins to masturbate at work as Mm -hmm. this is going on which is not something i've ever had to deal with in the workplace uh or the sex that has happened earlier thankfully that Uh, would be like that's one of those things that would make for an excellent story but in the meantime i would just be so annoyed because i was already like always so stressed out and just over my head and bullshit that i had to deal with and now someone's just jacking off on the call and it's just like well i can't ignore this and not deal with it (laughs) i think you could for a while maybe sweep it under the rug all i know is that the guy who had a skin condition and kept flaking all over the place i kept getting people come to me upset about the fact that his skin flakes were on things so I'd imagine if one of my employees was coming all over the place, yeah, he, I would probably he, hear about, about it. it. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, that never happened, and uh, I'm out of that line of work right now. So wonderful. <laughs> uh, so yeah, David's talking her through it. Uh, he has her rub herself, and at one point he tells her to rub her perineum. Uh, tells her they used to call it a taint in school because a taint cunt uh, and, a and a taint, taint ass. ass. Beautiful. Uh, he tells her to rub the phone receiver on her vagina, and eventually she's penetrating herself with her fingers and rubbing her clit, and she finally comes as her teapot starts to whistle. Uh, Lonnie is drinking water, walking around, and notices David jacking it. Uh, she tells David that she spot-checked his last call, and he knows what he's doing. And then she says as his supervisor it's her duty to take care of him for doing a good job so she gets down and starts to blow him uh he eventually comes in her mouth and on her hands yeah Uh, i never had to blow any of my employees or uh give them cunnilingus you didn't have to blow any of them like when they did a good job no huh do you do a lot of blowing at work when somebody does a good job well no because i'm low on the totem pole but i get blown a lot oh that's pretty cool job yeah People, I have to beat them off with a stick <laughs> just to stop them from blowing me. Uh, Lonnie's a really hard worker. Uh, yeah, she really is. She's like she's really busy on this day. We hear somebody call out just as David finishes for Lonnie and saying that she's wanted in Mister Fishbait's office. So we cut to his office and he's masturbating and he takes a Polaroid of his dick. Yes. So perhaps that's what he was showing. Yeah, that's what I wondered if it was just like different shots of his dick. Uh, <laughs> I have to imagine this is just like every white guy with like an office in the 80s. Perhaps. When the technology of the Polaroid came about, they're like, I'm going to take 
a bunch of dick pics. I got an office. I'm going to do a bunch of lines of coke. Coke. Yep. (laughs) And uh, Reagan's going to keep letting me get tax breaks. What a time to be alive. (laughs) Lonnie knocks on Mr. Face Spate's door and uh, comes in after he stops taking his dick pics. Mr. Fishbait notes that customers are leaving a lot of compliments, and that's basically it for the scene. Yes. Uh, so we cut to a house, and uh, Wanda, how, uh, a woman in the house. A housewoman. A housewoman <laughs> answers the door. It's Tom, the repair guy, there to help. She's in lingerie, and she tells him her phone doesn't work. He asks her how she called in, and she said she w- that she was lucky. So... I will say that one thing that happened a lot while I worked at phone repair is people calling in about their phone not working. And because this was, you know, a few years ago, most of the time it was them calling from their cell phones. But one of the most frustrating things when you're trying to help somebody with their phone is them calling in and saying their phone doesn't work. And then you're like, okay, are you not getting a dial tone at all? And they're like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, let me reset your equipment then, and then you reset their equipment and the call drops because they were talking to you on their phone that they said didn't work. <laughs> uh, that was not the majority of calls, but that happened way more often than you would imagine. I could see that. They're, uh... God. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like my mom. That sounds like something that she would do. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of people. But if there's anything the last few years have shown us, it's that a lot of people are really stupid. Yeah, technology's hard. Yeah, and I mean, like, sometimes it would be, like, our our employee not asking the right questions to get to the right answer. But a lot of times we would ask all the right questions and people would just refuse to actually think about it and answer them correctly. Sure. Uh, like I can walk an 80 year old woman through setting up her internet settings in windows. If she just stops and listens to what I say and like, I will ask very specific questions about what she sees in front of her. Like I've done this multiple times, but a lot of people will just either make shit up and just be like, well, I already did that and just refuse to do the things you asked them to do. Sure. Or, uh, they just like panic yeah <laughs> and just don't act coherent at all just do a lot of yelling and get like super frustrated when they haven't done anything yet at all that, that sounds exactly like my mom she has like this kind of like i don't know this, this panic about just like her phone sometimes and i'm like just get off of it quit playing <laughs> with it if uh. you're like freaking out about it and you don't understand it stop <laughs> Um, so anyhow, uh, Tom is helping Wanda with her phone. She asks him if he likes what he sees, and uh, Tom definitely does. She asks how long these service calls last, and he says 10 minutes, sometimes like 15 minutes, and then he kind of trails off and says, well, maybe an hour and a half. She asks for him to service his customer, and he does. He really, really does. He goes down on her. She says something like, uh, if he keeps going and doing that, uh, it's going to be a four-bell alarm, I believe it is. Something to that effect. Yes. So uh, he's going down on her and fingering her, and he ends up getting four fingers in her. Yeah, foreigner. uh, Foreigner. More like five in her. 
yes, although not in this case. No, but that's a classic joke. It is uh, about the famous band Foreigner. Yeah, uh, you know he kind of turns her into a marionette a little uh, bit, or not like a marionette, like a ventriloquist dummy. Uh, sock puppet. Yeah, sock <laughs> puppet for sure. <laughs> if only he had gotten his thumb in her asshole. Oh, that would have been great. Yes. Uh, this is why we should be making pornography. We know we, how to do it. You know, we know what the people want. Exactly. More thumbs and more asses today. Uh, so they end up fucking. She rides him cowgirl and we hear a bell ring sound as she apparently comes. Uh, he keeps fucking her. He fucks her on the floor and eventually pulls out and leaves a massive load on her chest. It's it's a big load. It's a pretty big load. Uh, meanwhile, while that's going on, we see Lonnie in the break room with Cheryl and Nancy. And she notes that Cheryl may have saved the day for them. And they say that they hope Jim comes through. But Lonnie says she's sure he will. We then see Cindy answering the phone again for Jeff, Joey Silvera's character. This time he's working on a gas fireplace. He doesn't know which way to turn the valve to shut it off. She says that fireplaces are romantic and he should just light it. He says he needs to talk to the gas company, but she talks him into it, so he lights it and there's a small explosion. He says he recognizes that voice from earlier and uh, he's going to go down there. So then we see uh, Jeff walking into the phone company. He stops Lonnie and says that he wants to talk to a supervisor, uh, which Lonnie is. He explains that the girl he was talking to uh, was trying to help him, and it didn't work out, but she was so nice and helpful he wanted to meet her. He's there in this shredded shirt with char marks over it uh, from the explosion. Yes. Lonnie, from that very vague description, says that it sounds like Cindy and says that she'll try to get her. So... We see Cheryl with Jim, the repair guy, and Jim says he came through, so he says he's not going to fuck Cheryl or make love to her. He's going to do both at the same time. Excellent. Uh, Which is what a uh, wonderful man will do. (laughs) So Lonnie tells Cindy that a customer's waiting for her and uh, then goes into Mr. Fishbait's office He says that he's surprised by the outpouring from customers and says that he'll have to talk to the board of directors about it. But Lonnie says he might not have to. Meanwhile, Jeff and Cindy uh, meet up in some separate room somewhere. Uh, He was there to, I guess, yell at her or beat her up or something. But uh, when she shows up, he has a change of heart. Uh, Notes how fucking wonderful she looks, and she does. She does. Uh... They're in the infirmary? Uh, yes, the call center infirmary. <laughs> okay. Usually if someone passed out, like at the call center I worked at, because uh, it was like a health place, there was always like, there was kind of like a nurse that was working there. They would just usually call her over and like while they were on the floor, just kind of look at them. Oh man, I wish we had a nurse in our call center. It's just like whichever random member of leadership's there has to deal with the issue. Yeah. This one time... uh while I was at work, this uh, person, one of the employees, apparently had a seizure and collapsed in the oh, break room. Yeah. But she busted her head on the oh floor and like just it bled out all over the place. So I'm just at work 
doing what I'm doing, and I'm the only supervisor there, uh, but one of the managers is there, and he just comes running over and says, hey, can you help me downstairs? I'm like, yeah, okay, so I run downstairs, and I go down there, and there's just a puddle of blood in the break room. Puddle of blood, you just slip on like a banana peel and go in one door and out the other. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully not. Ultimately, I didn't really do anything. I just kind of stood around, because in the time that he took getting to me, uh, some leadership in another department had showed up and kind of taken point. Sure. Um, but like it was, it was a very stressful day for me. Uh, obviously it was much worse for the person who was actually hurt. Right. Obviously. But like, I was like panicked and freaked out and didn't know what to do. (laughs) And I was like, I'm happy that other people took charge here. Cause if it was just me here and I was the only one who had to deal with this, I really wouldn't know what to do. Just call 911 and then let them bust in with axes and handle it. (laughs) Uh, Not even open the door for them. Just, uh, Oh, that's one thing I did. I did hold the door for the, uh, paramedics when they showed up with a stretcher. Excellent. So I did something you were, and I helped get the, uh, I guess it's the hazardous materials cleanup kit or whatever. The thing that you use to clean up blood, you pour like a powder on it or something. Yeah. Yeah. I did hazmat for a while. I know all about that yeah I, I helped get that thing but i didn't actually do the work somebody else did it great you're so, not you weren't trained in it uh no but <laughs> after a certain point i did uh they uh at work had apparently paid for uh, x number of people to go through cpr and first aid training mm-hmm. and apparently the person for the training just showed up one day and Whoever had set it up completely forgot about it, so they just kind of randomly went to find people to be in that class. And because I wasn't doing anything vital, they were like, hey, you come join us. And so I got CPR and first aid trained. And then, like, because I got trained once, I kept having to go back and get recertified every year or whatever it was. And uh, that's, like, cool and all. I'm not... I don't have a problem with getting CPR trained. What I do have a problem with is, like being one of the only people in the building who are trained in it and therefore having that actual responsibility around it thrust upon you. Yes. Uh, (laughs) so, uh, thankfully I never had to put it into, uh, practice and never did anything with it. But again, I'm not the right person to go to in a, in a panic. Uh, cause I don't know what to do. I'll just lock up and not do anything. Uh, I'm unreliable is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I knew that. In a crisis, at least. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, when they made me do CPR training at the psych hospital, uh, one of the little dummies was uh, this little baby. And he was really freaky looking. <laughs> I, I did not care for it. Yeah. So, like, just like a blank-eyed child with a gaping mouth <laughs> and a hard plastic body. I remember the first or the last time that I did CPR training, it was in, like... February of last year and it was just about the time that the COVID thing was starting to spread but it hadn't really spread through the U.S. too much yet Right. so there were a lot of jokes about oh you better use your hand sanitizer and oh if you're going to put your mouth on it make sure that you've wiped it down and this that and the other and it was just like oh (laughs) yeah and then uh, the world ended (laughs) oops Uh, it was funny for a little bit yeah it was so, uh, anyway, uh, Jeff and Cindy meet up here. 
He immediately says that she's beautiful, and obviously he isn't mad anymore. He says that he thinks he's in love. She says people don't fall in love at first sight anymore, do they? And he says that he thinks they do. So we fade from there to them undressed and kissing. Then we cut to the bathroom where Jim is fucking Cheryl on the sink now. Uh, She's in blue lingerie, and he's wearing his work shirt, but no pants. He eventually pulls out and comes on her vagina. We see Jeff and Cindy back in their room making out naked. He goes down on Cindy and then gets on top of her missionary, uh, dipping his dick in just slightly a few times before going in all the way. They switch to Doggy and eventually he pulls out and comes on her ass. Yes. We see Lonnie talking to her employees saying that Cheryl's idea has saved the day. Jeff and Cindy hear the clapping and walk in, uh, since they're now done having sex. Mr. Fishbait walks into the room and says that he just found out that the study that they did for two years that said that the computers were going to be cheaper, uh, it turns out it was faulty, and after rerunning the information, they realized that the computers were too costly. Uh, It's at that time that Cindy and Jeff actually walk into the room, and Jeff is shirtless, and nobody notes that. Is weird. No, it's <laughs> that some guy who doesn't work here just showed up shirtless in the room. No, you've spent a day with them. This is normal. Yeah, I guess so. I'm curious. Like, obviously the stakes were ratcheted up because they're all trying to save their jobs. But I wonder if a normal day at the Ocean Valley Telephone Company is like this. There should have been a lot of sequels here for us to find out. Yeah, that would have been good. The young still like it hot. Yes, they sure do. We should make that now. Uh, get everybody who's still alive in it. Lonnie says that they should all celebrate. Nancy approaches Lonnie, saying that she heard what she did with Marie, and says that she wished she could have done that. And Lonnie says what she could do with Nancy would be a whole different thing. We then cut to Cindy and Jeff, and they're banging again. Reverse cowgirl. Then we cut to Mr. Fishbait, who's sitting next to Marie on a couch. She says that she knows he's asked her before about going out, and she's turned him down. But she says she took a big step today and would like to go out with him now, but warns him that she's never been with a man. Mr. Fishbait promises to be gentle. So we get a sequence where Lonnie and Nancy are fucking in one room, and Mr. Fishbait and Marie are in this other room fucking. They work their way through Oral and uh, get further along than that. Um, Eventually, Marie asks Mr. Fishbait to fuck her in the ass, which I thought was an interesting request for a woman having her first sexual encounter with a man. She's just trying to, you know, she's liberated now. Uh, I appreciate that. He fucks her in the ass for a short period of time and then pulls out and comes on her ass, but sticks it back in to get a little bit more out of it. A little cream pie. Yes. Cindy's blowing Jeff and rubbing her clit, and she hears the phone ringing and uh, runs to her desk naked and answers the phone. Uh, A voice on the other end says that they're calling from IBM about a computer installation scheduled for the morning. She says wrong number and hangs up and then turns to the camera and smiles. We get a freeze frame in credits. And that was how the young liked it hot. Oh, yeah. Uh, they did. They loved it hot. 
They did indeed. So, uh, what a wonderful film indeed. Uh, when you think about the ending, like, or not like the ending ending, but like the resolution of the plot. Uh, I'm kind of confused by it because apparently something that Jim did at Cheryl's behest led to Mr. Fishbait getting the information that the study was faulty. Yeah, it's not really clear how it came to that. Right. <laughs> but it also kind of negates the rest of the plot. Right. Because they just used, like, computer sabotage, so all their extra customer service was maybe just, like... Extracurricular? Yeah. Yeah, it it is, it's, but... It seemed like the dollar was going to be the bottom line for the company. But I will say that in some ways it, it matches a, a more realistic situation in the sense that if you're trying to save your job and you saw multiple opportunities, you probably chase them both down. Sure. So I guess it makes sense in that sense, but like thinking of it as a plot line in a functional sense in a film, it does seem odd that like the primary conceit of the film is ultimately not important. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, that doesn't it doesn't hurt it too much. It just leaves you with some lingering questions. And then ultimately his from the point of history, it was all fruitless because it all got replaced by robots uh, in the long term. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's the end of the Young Like It Hot. So we'll take a quick break here and then we'll be back to uh, give our thoughts on the film. When you deep throat Al, your lips will be touching his balls. So get them real hot. You'll be feeling every sensation. How you doing, Al? Uh, this is by far the most incredibly pleasurable torture that any man could endure. The further you go down on my cock, the better it feels. It's like, it's like a virgin territory that hasn't been sucked yet. Harry Reams, eat your heart out. If you need assistance, if you need assistance, if you need assistance, just give me a call. All right. Uh, well, welcome back to the Raincoat Report. Uh, as is our general raincoat report tradition, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to Jeremy to start our review segment here. Jeremy? Hello. Uh, do it. I'm working on it. Okay. Take your time. <laughs> okay. I need all the time in the world. Uh, the Young Like It Hot. An essay by me. Yes. Um. This is a fine Bob Chin comedy. Uh, quite a lighthearted film, a lighthearted romp through the the workaday world of uh, the call center folks. Uh, a lighthearted, pornographic take up films like Working Girl and uh, Nine to Five. <laughs> perhaps i don't think i've seen actually seen either of those the only dolly parton movie i've seen is wild texas wind where she gets her ass kicked by uh gary Busey. oh yeah <laughs> how was that by the way i love it excellent yeah um but back to this film yes um uh, i enjoyed it as a as a comedy and a porn, it's kind of one of those ones where the plot definitely takes a backseat to a lot of the sex. Yes. But uh, they do a pretty good job of mixing the sex and the plot up 
as much as they can. Yeah. Uh, even though it's kind of based on shadowy plans, we never get to hear the details of. Right. But, uh, you know, everything, every sex scene doesn't, nothing really detracts from the plot. Like, they kind of, you know, you know how I feel about some, sometimes. Yes. When there's too much sex, I get angry. Yeah, they, uh. They don't just like forget that they're making a movie at a certain point and just right. drop the plot altogether. Yeah, it, there's a continuing thread through uh, all of it, which is something I think Bob Chen's pretty good at. Yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, and something like Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls, uh, the plot thickened. Just uh, like yes. a delicious marinara sauce. <laughs> now, I don't think it ever gets quite as thick in this one as it does in that one. Right. But uh, <clears throat> I believe he wrote that one, didn't he? Uh, I think so. I think so. I feel like maybe his heart was more in that one than this one. At least that's how it kind of seemed based on that interview on the DVD. Yeah, he's very down on himself as a filmmaker. Yeah. That's he's... a very uh, significant thread uh, when you see all of his interviews and stuff. I know in his Rialto Report episode... He made a comment that he was never satisfied with any of his films. Yeah. And that's kind of a bummer, because I think that he made several great films. Yeah, and this one, uh, I think, is probably one of those. Yeah. Uh, It's got a good cast. Uh, The comedy's pretty solid. Gail Palmer's back, taking a lot of the credit. Yes. Uh, All the things we (laughs) we love about a Bob Chen film are here and uh, in abundance. Hypatia Lee's great. I think Ed, Eric Edwards does a good job as like the fucking goofy boss. Like as far as like my favorite little like side character or something in a film, right? Uh, which I always kind of, always kind of have. There's always one little like nobody person who kind of wins my heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, all in all, uh, I really I dug it. Uh, competently made, funny, uh, good cast. Good acting for the most part. Yeah. I'd say maybe, uh, I feel like there was someone who just sounded, maybe it was Stephanie Shaw. Right? Linda, Linda Shaw Linda as Shaw. Stephanie. Yes. But who's the other one? Shauna Grant? Shauna Grant. I feel like maybe her performance wasn't super good. I can't remember now. I've, I've obliterated myself. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe... I. I feel like I was good with Shauna Grant's character. I think Marie, maybe. Marie's, maybe, yeah. She feels a little too real to be in a porn movie. It's because <laughs> like the litany of problems she has. Uh, maybe Rosalie Kimball. Uh, they're not, the cast is good, but it's definitely not as strong a cast as, say, in uh, Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls, I'll say. Yeah, I could see that. Um, in terms of just, like, even just the ability to act. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Kate Parker's great in it. For sure. Uh, Hyapatia Lee's great in it. Almost He's, knocked a bunch of stuff over, but yeah, we're okay. It was a nightmare. I uh, watched it slowly unfold. Uh, <laughs> or Rube Goldberg machine. Rube Goldberg? Rube Goldstein? Rube Goldberg was right. Rube Goldberg, the WCW wrestler. Yes, uh, former WCW world champion. <laughs> the the mo- the machine you set in motion was terrifying. Uh, yes. This movie is a 3.5. Check it out. All right.
generally speaking, I, uh, you know, as always, I, I agree with most of your points here. Honestly, the first time that I saw this film, it was one of my favorite porn films that I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my memory of it going into it. I will say on the second watch, I was a little less enamored with it than I was on my first watch. Sure. But uh, it's still pretty damn solid. Yeah, I think we watched it together at one point. That might be. I, I remember watching it before and i'm pretty sure i was with you uh i don't know i feel like maybe not but i don't know it doesn't matter wait did you give me a copy of this yes maybe i watched it on my own then yeah i definitely i gave you the vinegar syndrome dvd which is this and uh sweet young foxes definitely have seen this one before yeah and uh i probably feel about the same about it as i did the first time okay uh, but you you go on ahead and tell your tale. Anyhow, uh, it's I still though think that it's a great film. Uh, I think that the cast is pretty great across the board. I will say that like I wasn't super enamored with Marie, um, and Nancy's all right, but I really dig uh, Hyapatia Lee as Lonnie. And uh, Shauna Grant as Cindy. I, I'm not sure that Shauna Grant's uh, acting is like through the roof, but she is beautiful in this movie. Yeah. And uh, she has one of the more fun parts in the sense that she has the ongoing story with Jeff, Joey Silvera's character. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, I think that Mr. Fishbait, Eric Edwards' character, is a lot of fun. Um, I really like the scene with, uh, uh, is it Cheryl, uh, Kay Parker's character, walking the uh, couple through a deep throat session. Yeah. It's a wonderful use of the uh, phone sex idea. Yeah, that was that is something I did like about the kind of little... Uh the little kind of like vignette sort of structure of the film a little bit. I did like that. Yeah. Cause like you have that, you have, uh, you have the scene with uh big Dick and Nancy where she's, uh, where her big Dick is just yelling all kinds of filthy shit into the phone. And, uh, Nancy is also, uh, getting off at the same time. That's a lot of fun. Uh, you have, uh, David talking to the, uh, woman who can't get off and uh getting her off over the phone uh, i think in that sense this film works a lot in a kind of a fetishy way in the sense that there's just a lot of uh well phone sex oh yeah and it's pretty cool um i like dirty talk and this film definitely delivers that in spades oh yeah it's got a lot of dirty talk from old from big dick to big richard uh yes from all of them um, but I would say that this film definitely is a little bit more lacking in the narrative sense than I recalled it being when I, uh, looked back on this film before I rewatched it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, overall, it's still an excellent film in my opinion. Um, I'm going to give it four stars. All right. I think, uh, we can live with a half star difference between us. Yes. Wonderful. All right. Well, uh, that is the Young Like It Hot. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to uh, 
get out there before we wrap this thing up? Yes, I think we should all reach out and touch someone. <laughs> Remember that's what they used to say about the phones? Uh, that's right. For our Zoomer fans. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so for Jeremy, this is Boss reminding you to reach out and touch someone and don't forget your raincoat. Hello, this is IBM. I'm calling up at a computer installation that we have scheduled for tomorrow morning. Uh, sorry. Wrong number. They young like hot. Why don't you give me a call? I'll give you my love.